Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Money Awakenings. I am your host, DJ Frosty Snowman. Getting acclimated to this cold here. All right. Hopefully you're having a great day, week, life, year, what have you. There's something I definitely want to talk to you guys about. It's a new perception of an old idea. Or an old idea that's come back around. Doesn't really matter, but... We've been talking a lot about perception. And how, what if perception's the only thing that changes? Well, my perception is definitely changing. What's so fascinating is I had a conversation with a close friend of mine, a brother, and um, we talked about this inner and outer perception, right? The inner perception, which ideally is the heart, the outer perception is the thing that that's moving. But what he said so beautifully was the ego, which is my father's belief systems, is the one that is in the way of the heart's perception. As in, he used the example of a racist. My father was racist, so was his. Of course, we're not because we rebelled and went the other way, plus we were born and raised in California. But um, he he said, how did he say it? He said it so beautifully. He said... If I'm not aware, my father's perception will take over. So, the outer perception is someone of, um, you know, a different color, what do you want to say, different ethnical background comes up. And if I'm not on my toes, my father's reception will kick in and I won't trust that person automatically, subconsciously. As it, it's a barrier because he was raised in a household and he wasn't until a teenager did he rebel against his father's perception. What's so, uh, and so if you're not aware, you're not working on yourself, you're not cued uh, in, cued in. I want to say clued in? I don't know, it doesn't matter. If you're not aware of what's going on, You're not going to like this person because of their ethical background, even though you don't think you're racist because you rebelled against your father's racism like I did. Like my brother, my friend did. And uh, yet, subconsciously, you're going to treat this person different because the ego is controlling the perception that the inner perception, right? Right? If you're not aware and working on it and going, wait a minute, what's going on here? Not investigating, not curious. You're going to treat this person differently without even recognizing it. And then you're going to question yourself, well, I'm not racist, so what's the deal? It must be something else. Well, not necessarily. If you haven't dismantled your parents' belief systems that were subconsciously implanted, you can say, I'm not racist. 
good morning, and still come off that way, or prejudice or whatever, still come off that way, which prejudice is fascinating because it means to prejudge. That's the, that's the root word, prejudge, prejudice. Um, and so I wouldn't say prejudge, I would say automatically judge. So we're automatically judging because the, the perception, the lens hasn't been cleaned all the way through. And this is the same exact thing that happens with money. You're like, I don't get it, Larry. I've been working on all these money beliefs, and yet I still have money problems. Yet I'm still scared when a bill comes, an unexpected bill comes, or my paycheck is short, or whatever. Because this stuff runs deep. Your parents' perception or your, your neighborhoods or the town you grew up in or the school system you grew up in, that, that stuff is there, layered in your perception of what's happening, your inner perception. It's almost like sights on a gun or a, the lane on a bowling alley where you have to line up the sights Right, the inner, the, the two prong sight that's closest to you, which is your inner perception, and then the outer perception was the out prong sight. Then you can aim. That's how you aim the evolution. You don't control the outer perception, what's happening in life, but you can aim it with, with the inner perception. I'll come back to that because that feels fun to think about and talk about. Anywho, so. Let's shift our perception around something we've talked about many times before. Following our highest excitement. It occurred to me yesterday, or a message came to me yesterday, as I revisited some old, um, not old as in outdated, <laughs> as I revisited some uh, past uh, communication with Source, some past ideas, it occurred to me that why do we die? We've talked about this before. The, before this very moment, I would have said, well, the reason we die is because we believe we have to, and because our hearts are not aligned with unconditional love flowing through the body and healing the body, right? The body, the highest perception of the body is it the physical manifestation of me? So it's an outer, it's an, a spacesuit, right? It's an outer skin suit that represents who I am in the, in the physical world. But it reacts to the alignment to your heart. The higher the unconditional love frequency, the more the body vibrates and you say, oh, this person is glowing, right? because they're connected to their heart in that highest vibration and then it'll heal itself if there's any ailments or any misfunctions as you were if you were so the first thing i would have said is oh because we believe we have to the second thing i would have said is because we're not out of alignment with unconditional love and either one of those is a good enough answer the more you align with unconditional love the more you realize that you're eternal so whether you die and go back home or you stay here longer it doesn't really matter it's kind of up to you but what i forgot the most important reason 
there are seven basic needs of sentient beings throughout the cosmos. Seven basic needs for the experience to keep going, for the body to function, if you want to say it that way. Seven basic needs. First and foremost, air. Breathing. You must be able to breathe, right? You don't breathe, you die. And rather quickly, too. The next is water. If you go a day, I think what's the long? I think the longest you can go is like five to seven days without water before you die. So you got to have water. And obviously, talking about extraterrestrials, I don't know that they all inhabit water-like things. But you know, let's just keep it to the human experience. Um, but anyway, so you got some basic needs. You got air. You got water. Without water, you die. What's funny is the severity is how they're listed. What I mean is, or what's interesting, maybe not funny, but interesting is, you know, you'll die in a matter of minutes without air. You'll die in a matter of days without water. The next is sleep. You might think food, but no, sleep. Without sleep, without going back home and connecting back to your eternal self, working out what you need to work out and letting the body rest properly. Okay. Um... Without letting the body rest properly, you will die in a matter of weeks, most likely. If, like, for instance, you were in some kind of torture chamber where they didn't let you sleep or something like that, some kind of sleep deprivation thing, you'll die in a matter of weeks. Uh, you go insane, the body will shut down, we'll have rest. Um, everything runs in cycles, everything rests. So, sleep, then food which usually takes somewhere around a month or two to die of no food, depending on what studies you read. Um, if you have food, air, and sleep, um, and you're completely fasting, uh, funny enough, giving you a little bit of food will actually be tougher on the system than straight fasting. Um, anyway, point is, uh, they learned that from, unfortunately, the Auschwitz and all the medical research they did on the, uh, during World War II about the body actually emaciated faster with smaller bits of food than it did with straight fasting. Because um, your body kind of goes into hibernation mode when you have no food at all. And um, so, where was I? So a month or two, you'll probably die without food, right? This is four. Five is shelter or an environment inducive to living, right? I'm now, right now, in the freezing cold tundra of Colorado. And um, being outdoors 
24-7 would kill me. <laughs> Basically, it would be not conducive to thriving. Be not conducive to the human body. So depending on the conditions, you know, that's... Uh, you need some kind of shelter from the cold. Uh, you know, the body cannot withstand the temperatures or you know maybe it's a windstorm or a hurricane or a fire or whatever they cannot withstand the craziness um that this world will give you right like you're stuck in the desert or whatever um uh, so we have environment now six and seven are known those five most people understand pretty simple pretty basic right six and seven though most people do not understand and this is what's so fascinating so number six is you need connection you need connection to your heart or a heart-to-heart -heart connection with another person or connection to your heart is source that's self-love which you're always connected to but if you're not paying attention you're not putting any conscious awareness on it you know, we talk about speaking from your heart, listening to your heart, being connected to your heart, feeling the love that Source has for you, that existence has for you. And then, um, or connection to animals or nature, right? You need some kind of connection um, to, your, to your children, to your family. Um, it could be, you could be a hermit and you're only connected to your heart. You only feel the love of source or nature and that's it. But you need something, a connection to your pets, right? Children, some kind of connection to be able to thrive, right? The reason solitary confinement is such a harsh punishment is two reasons. One is the lack of connection. And two, people don't know how to connect to their heart, right? There's an old saying in the spiritual world where if you lock up a normal person in solitary confinement, they'll go insane. But if you put a Buddhist monk in there, he'll be happy as a lark, right? Why is that? Oh, not, it's not the meditation. It's the fact that they connect to their own energy center. They connect to their own heart. They connect to the, the love of source, to the unconditional love, that highest frequency. And they don't need the connection from everybody else. Everybody else is codependent. So think about it like this. Solitary confinement would only hurt someone who's codependent on other human beings for love or connection, even if it's not love. Um, so... Also, the, the ego will drive you insane if you don't know uh, how to handle aloneness and silence. Because aloneness is a frequency as well. It's a very important part of, um, I don't want to say enlightenment, but it's a very important far, a part of self-discovery, is being alone. But the paradox is, uh, you need people. But the need for people will drive you insane. So you have to be very aware of the give and take, the back and forth, the up and flow, the cycles of I don't need someone. I can connect to my own heart. I don't need people. But to have a thriving experience, you need people. Right? You, you're listening to this, plus uh, you know, I'm connecting to you that way, plus the cell phone, the data, the park I'm walking in, everything, the clothes I'm wearing is created by other people, right? So we need each other. Connection is number six. 
How long could you go without some kind of connection? Uh, maybe a year? Maybe a year? If you had all the other basic needs met, but you had no connection, you didn't feel the love of source, you didn't connect to your heart, you didn't know how, no one ever taught you that. You didn't have any love connection, no family, you were a hermit, and for some reason you didn't connect to nature. Yeah, I would, you would probably die of, not necessarily loneliness, but it's almost like what comes to me is like watching a grape die on the vine. Like it turns into a raisin and then it eventually shrivels and dies because there's no connection to source. Like you're always connected to source. We get that. You can't stop that. Um, because everything is one thing. But if you're really lost in the illusion, because only here can you ever feel separate from source. It's an illusion. It's a trick of perception, of course. But if you're lost in it, uh, then this thing will just shrivel and die. Right? Give it about a year, maybe 18 months at most. And you'll die of lack of connection. Um, like a battery that needs to be plugged in and recharged. Right? Um, and then number seven, which we're going to talk a lot about today, is expression. <clears throat> you have to express your gift. It's more than just speaking your truth, unless, you know, that's your gift. But what I mean is, like, let's say you're an, a speech writer, giver, you know, something like that, then speaking your truth would be your gift. But for what I'm, what I'm talking about here is following your highest excitement, finding what you're put on this earth to do. You came for a reason. You have a mission, right? It's just most people don't know what that is. And so if you don't express your gift, if you find all other six basic needs met, but you do not find and express your gift, you'll die in a matter of 80 years or less. It's a basic need. And you see the notches of severity from air to food to connection to fulfillment, let's call it. The seventh basic need is fulfillment. And the only way you get fulfillment is not only removing all the limiting beliefs around it, but to find that thing, your true heart's calling, as I call it, your heart's calling must be fulfilled. The reason you're here must be fulfilled. It's a basic need. And you could go, well, Larry, there's people that found, that have hit all of those cylinders, checked all those boxes their whole life and still died. Yes, because of the other factors we talked about. They still had trauma in their body. They still had a core wounding that made them believe that conditional love was the way of the world, right? So they didn't have the unconditional love vibration inside of them. They still had an ego. And second, they believe they had to die because that's what everybody does. And again, there's no wrong way to do it. So even if they checked off all those boxes and they died, so be it. No big deal. 
we're all eternal anyway. It's not like, oh, we lost the game or something. No. So, <sighs> mountain snow. Ah. Okay. Oh, got to hit stop. Well, you just got real close to my human side, exposing more than I thought. Okay. So, the seven basic needs. So now you have this seventh need that's completely ignored by most people. Finding their purpose. Why? Because of money. This feels why I chose money as my purpose, at least in this beginning stages. Because people are saying, I've got to go to work for money. And that is literally killing them. It's killing them on a soul level. Which is so fascinating because if you go after your heart's calling and you realize, of course, that you're supposed to remove your limiting beliefs around it as you go, so that the heart's calling unbrainwashes you, ideally. Because if you found your heart's calling, as we've said many times before, and then you popped up with the belief, I have to work hard for money, or can't make money doing what I love, and I'll never make money at this, so i got to do the money instead of my heart's calling, and you let that dissuade you from doing it, then you're going to die. Slow and painful death. Not painful physically, painful emotionally. It's going to kill you. To believe that God doesn't love you enough to make your dream come true. Or to master what you were put on this earth to do. This is the great change that's happening. It's not only the realization that you're unconditionally loved at all times no matter what. It's the realization that Source wants you to be happy and follow your highest excitement and master your heart's calling. You have the greatest ally, and that's what it wants to have happen. That's why it's giving you these feelings of excitement, so that you feed off it and follow it. That's why it's giving you pain, pain emotional pain and heartache when you don't, so that you stop doing that. Because... Things that feel good, you're supposed to go toward. But then we've been brainwashed to believe that suffering is what's, is what's important. We believe that you know, there's no gain without pain or that this is some kind of cosmic test. That's not true. It's, pl- it's straight up and down not true. And I will prove it to you. How does it feel? That is a loud train, and I am nowhere near it. How does it feel to believe that you can't make money doing what you love? How does it feel to believe that God doesn't love you? It feels terrible. So that's the indicator that it's a lie. Because juxtaposition, flip it around. How does it feel 
to believe that you're unconditionally loved by God, there's no wrong way to do it. You can never do anything that would stop you from being loved. That it has, the source has your back, that you have the most powerful ally who wants you to have the life of your dreams. How does that feel? That is your emotional guidance system. That is your heart telling you you're on the right track with your perception. If it feels good, you're supposed to go toward what feels good and away from what doesn't. But with a simple trick, a simple belief system from your magician that is your ego, that says, no, 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 you're supposed to suffer. And then you watch everybody else suffer and you go, oh, I'm supposed to do that. Everybody else is going to work for a paycheck. I must have to do it too. Realize that even though right now, in this moment in our evolution, that people doing what they love and making plenty of money doing it like I do and like so many others around me do, that is not abnormal. It's abnormal only because it's so unfamiliar. Which I guess are kind of the same thing. It's, it's unfamiliar and abnormal because people have fallen for the brainwashing. Think about the generations that came before us. Even in just the last couple hundred years, or just the last hundred years in the 1900s. How much suffering the Industrial Revolution brought, but also brought great joys. Great experiences, electricity, motorization, factories that don't have to, everything doesn't have to be done by fucking hand anymore. Like, there's so much suffering that went into creating this, but now it's time to let that go. We're grateful for what came before, so we don't have to repeat that. That's not evolution. It's not evolution to do the same fucking thing our parents did or our grandparents. Do you get that? We're not supposed to do the same thing. So when you hear yourself or you hear a previous generation go, well, back in my day, you stop and go, that's not evolution. We're not going to do the same thing. And stop being so fucking nostalgic about how better that was. It wasn't better. That's not how evolution works. The new is always the best. The cutting edge of evolution, the cutting edge of technology. Now, yeah, there's certain things that we maybe take a step back, you know. Like TiVo was a step back from DVR, you know what I'm saying? Like there's certain things that like, oops, like we made, you know. But most of the time, um, evolution always means we're going to be better than our parents and our grandparents in every way that came before. And so if you hear a part of you say that, that, oh no, back when we could all play outside, it was so much better. Was it though? There are pros to it for sure. But there were cons as well. 
the, the most obvious one is children not feeling loved by their parents. Like, go outside and play. We don't want you around here. And that was great to have the parents be able to take a break and have the kids just run around. But how much trouble do we get into with no parent parental supervision? A lot. I remember one of my buddies climbed a power line. Incredibly dangerous. <laughs> Left to our own devices. Anyway, getting off on a tangent. The expression, the number seven, is a basic need. You have to. You have to follow your heart. You have to find out why you're here. You have to master your heart's calling. And if you're hearing that, and you don't know what your heart's calling is, it's okay. Because what we're doing is simply aiming your life. We're aiming your evolution toward that thing. So that when you find it, you move toward it. It's not necessarily that you need to know it now. It's need, it needs to be aimed. Okay? So here's what I mean. Let's say you're doing what everybody else does. You're going to work to fucking pay the bills. So ridiculous when you're at this level of consciousness. But let's say you're going to work to pay the bills. And you don't want to do that anymore. And you start listening to me or other teachers in the same wavelength. And you're like, I want to follow my highest excitement. Screw this, what everybody else is doing. I'm going to follow my highest excitement no matter what. I'm going to die trying to master this thing. But you don't know what it is. So what we're doing is we're like aiming. We're like steering the boat. We're course correcting. Letting this go. And you're like, I don't know what it is. I'm going to keep doing what I've always done for now. But I'm going to start to unravel some limiting beliefs around money. I'm going to start to unravel this. I'm going to start to go down this journey of self-discovery. And then when this thing shows itself, I'm going to bang in that direction. I'm going to shoot in that direction. You see, it's about, don't feel shame or guilt if you don't know what you're here to do yet. Most of people don't. But just feel the relief of knowing that when it shows up, you're going to go at it. You're going to master it. You're going to let go of all limiting beliefs that say you can't do it. You can't figure it out. You can't make money at it. You're going to go when it shows. That's Take solace in that. And for those of you who know what you're here to do, stop thinking about the future. Put the time in. Put your focus and attention on the now. Here's where you are now. Trust me, you're coming from somebody who was constantly thinking about the future and brought that bad habit into this realm oh I'm going to do this I'm going to make a goal here and a plan and blah, blah, blah and then when I'm massively known and my book sold a million copies then blah, blah no stop no you're on the step in front of you focus on that give 100% of your intention on that like I'm giving 100% of my attention to this podcast right now this is where you are this is where I am 
master this step. Be here, knowing that it's a link in a chain that will connect you to mastery of self, mastery of your gift. Be here now with what's in front of you. And have no outcome on where this is going except mastery. Every single moment, every hour you put in gets you one step closer to mastery. If you listen to my first podcast to this one, there's a massive change. Yeah, that's still me ranting and cussing about how stupid these money beliefs are. That's, that's the same. But you'll see a massive shift in what I'm talking about. How I'm talking. How I'm presenting the information. Speaking with love. Speaking with curiosity. Versus before when it was mostly speaking from anger and frustration. when No one could see what I could see. Or not knowing how to put into place the things I, I knew back then. Everything is evolving, so just be on the step that you're on. And don't believe that getting somewhere else is going to make you any happier. If you're not happy now on this step, how are you going to be happy on the step 100? Just be here now with what's in front of you. That's all you need to do. I believe that the mo- the, the two-thirds of the reason that we die is because we're not following our highest excitement. This basic need isn't getting met. Or it's getting confused. Like some people, like I've talked about before, they'll find their highest excitement. Like I have a client who's um, also a money-clearing coach. Charges a lot less than I do, I'll tell you that much. So we're working on that. And... um, She's good, and she's learned some things from me, and I've taught her some things and learned some things from her, too. And she's she's super nice and amazing. And um, different techniques and stuff, different modalities, but different experiences, different perceptions, but still the same aim, right? This is why we're so good, so, so allied. But my point is... Um... That was my point. What was that? Huh. How about that? <sighs> Let's take a nice little intermission and enjoy whatever scenery is around you right now. I'm walking by a frozen river. <sighs> Waiting for that aha light bulb to come back. Why did I bring my client up? Oh! because she's always evolving but and she's it doesn't matter her age she's a little bit you know what we would consider older but she's always evolving she has young fresh ideas fresh perceptions constantly working on herself but more than that there's parts of her business that she doesn't like and i've had to work with her on letting those go so that she's 100 percent focused on the things that are amazing to her, and this is what happens to spiritual entrepreneurs, that happens to every entrepreneur that I know, but it starts out with, I gotta do everything. 
and I can't afford to delegate. And then if you get to a place where you're like, I can't afford not to delegate because this stuff is taking up too much time. And this is it. If you're 100% focused on the things that light you up, then let everything else go. Let everything else be delegated. It doesn't mean you don't find a good team and teach people and, and all that stuff. It doesn't mean you just delegate it to, you know, the four-hour work week Tim Ferriss nonsense or you just find somebody in the Philippines to delegate everything. And not that there's anything wrong with that. It just, for me, in my experience, it didn't work. But it doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, it doesn't mean you don't find good people is my point. It just means if you want to free up time, you have to look at the things that are draining your energy. Because the thing you love to do will give you energy. I love these podcasts. I do them and I feel invigorated afterward and during because I'm connected to source and I'm channeling, right? So that it's coming through me and my heart opens up and I feel this big ball of fire in my chest and it feels amazing. So the things you love to do will give you energy. Same thing when I write. I'm just so amazed at what flows through me and grateful that it comes through. My point is though, you have to let go of the things that don't give you energy. That's another reason. I'll see these magic people, right? And they're like on fire and they're doing what they love and they're mastering and there's something, you know, maybe they're like artists or, or uh, energy healers or whatever. And then they're done doing what they do for the day or whatever and then they get massively depressed because of their relationships and it's like okay so you've mastered this thing like this thing lights you up and then they become workaholics because it's the only place that it feels good because when they go to their home life it's a shitty it's it's terrible right and that's what we work on you know that's what i'll tell them I'm like you're getting a massive a, a giant boost here with this gift and then you go to your home life and it's terrible it's like you've got to undo this draining of energy this weight around your neck not that family or home life is draining please understand that it's when it's misaligned when you're around people who are codependent and not working on their stuff right who are succubuses and because you love them so much you think you have to keep them around it's like, no. Sometimes love means telling people to go, too. My sister, Brenda, she said it like this. If you're not into the relationship and you believe the highest and best thing is to leave, then that is the highest and best thing for both of you, even if only one of you can see it. It's best for both, even if, one's, even if one of you doesn't want it. I had that happen recently. A close friend was uh, breaking up with her significant other, and um, I had to tell her, "Look, the only reason you're feeling lost is because you're not ready to let it go. If it was your idea, you'd be fine with it." Loss always means we're not ready to let this thing go. That's all it means. If you're ready, it's not a loss. 
right? Think about getting your car stolen versus selling it. I sold it because it was I was ready to to move on. So there's no feeling of loss. Maybe like you know, sadness because the transition is happening. But if it got stolen, you'd be pissed. Totally upset. Very triggered because you weren't ready to let it go. But in both cases, source was. So are you aligned with what source wants or not? That's why the emotional guidance system is telling you through upset that your perception is off. You get upset, you get triggered because your perception is off. I lost that thing. No, you didn't. Source was ready to let it go and you're not. Focus on that. Doesn't mean you don't fill out a police report if your shit gets stolen or whatever. It just means the reason you're upset is because you're out of alignment with the highest perception. Which goes right back to following your highest excitement. I can't do that, Larry. It doesn't work for me. How does that feel? It feels right. This is what you got to be careful of. The emotional guidance system has caveats, which I've talked about a couple of times. When you're self-righteous, when you're tearing other people down, and when you're a martyr, it feels good. It feels good to be a martyr. Which is why you can't trust your emotional guidance system in that regard. So if you're saying to yourself... that I'm I'm not good enough to figure this out and it doesn't feel bad, then you're either numb or you're in the martyr beliefs and your emotional guidance system won't help you. But if you said it like this, where it's not a martyr and it's not self-righteous, if you said it like this, like no one's going to be there to help me and God doesn't love me, bam, doesn't love me enough to give me what I want, bam, you're going to feel like shit. That's because you're at a lower perception. The lower perception, the emotions are like boundaries. You ever go bowling and you get the kids bumper lanes out so the gutter's not there? Or let's just say the, the, the gutters are there. The gutters are the boundaries, the negative space. You have to stay within this. And if you hit the negative space, that's the negative emotion that's saying you're in the gutter. Get back on the lane, try again. The gutter is the negative emotion. Try again. Get the ball back. Try again. What feels good? Follow that. Roll with what feels good. To all my bowling enthusiasts out there. Roll with what feels good. You get off in the gutter. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's stop. Let's try again. Why, is my, why do I feel bad? What is my perception? Why is it not aligned with the highest so that I feel good? If you don't follow your highest excitement, if you can't find your heart's calling, you will die. After a normal lifetime of 60 to 80 years, you know, without some kind of accident or whatever. Even though there are never any mistakes, but like your body's going to slowly shut down if you're not doing what you love to do. You want to live forever? You want more time? Ironically, here's the irony of it. 
You want more time on this planet, in this realm of existence, you have to follow your heart. You have to be, all of those basic needs need to be met. Connection, six and seven, connection and expressing your gift. Mastering your heart's calling, putting it out there into the world, doing what you're put on this earth to do. Think about it like this. Let's say, hmm, I don't know if I want to go down that analogy. But what I was going to say is just like, let's say you, you created a robot or something to, you know, garden, create a nice garden for you and, you know, tend to all your landscaping or something. And it wasn't doing what it was designed to do. You're going to shut it down. If it's like, oh no, I'm, I'm the checking the mail robot. You're like, no, that's not why I designed you. No, 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 I want to check the mail. That's what my parents did. You know, no, I get it. But I designed you to do the landscaping. And you keep arguing with Source, your creator. So you're like, okay, we're just going to shut you down and, and reboot. We're just going to, you're just going to die and we'll just come home and figure this out and try again. You have to find out why you're here. Larry, why doesn't Source just tell us why we're here? Because that's part of the game. Self-discovery is the game. It's so fun when you go, oh my goodness, this is it. And it is telling you why you're here if you listen. You have to cut through the ego's noise. That's why meditation is so powerful or anything that puts you in a meditative state. That quiets the mind. It is telling you why you're here all of the time. You just haven't been able to pay attention to your highest excitement. You're like, ah, just because I'm excited about it doesn't mean it's that big a deal. And you can be excited about things that aren't your heart's calling. I love the snowboard. I know I'm not going to be a professional snowboarder. I get excited every time I think about it. (laughs) You know, I can't wait for it to snow. That's the reason why I'm here in Colorado besides, of course my sweetheart but like point is you can get excited about fun things that are fun to do and that's the thing you follow the excitement in the moment I'm excited about snowboarding then I'm snowboarding then I get this huge aha when I'm coming down the hill about letting go and letting the body just do what it does and not overthinking and then I come and I write it down and then the next day I'm writing about it in my book you see like Following the highest excitement, even in the moment, even if it's going away from your heart's calling or doesn't seem to be a part of your heart's calling, will still feed it because you're in that frequency. You're in that modality, you're in that mode. If I'm just following my highest excitement, it doesn't mean I have to work 16 hours a day at my heart's calling. You have to enjoy the human experience. You have to be out there having fun. Making friends, mixing it up, eating the foods, living the life. What if following your highest excitement, following your heart's calling gave you more time? 
Here's what I mean by that. Well, there's a couple things that come up. Let's start with the basic one. Going back to to delegation. Following your heart's calling gave you more time because it's what lights you up. It gives you so much enjoyment that time is perceived differently when you're in it. It's what's called flow or the zone, right? Time just is like not important. It does its own thing. It's just there. And you're in this mode of like, wow, look at this thing that I'm creating. It's so fantastic. When you're in the zone... And that's what you're allowing yourself to be. Time doesn't matter. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't weigh on you. don't think about it. You have an infinite supply. Like when I write, I'll get up early sometimes and just write and I'll feel... You know, in two hours, my cup is full and I've created some beautiful writing. And it feels like I have the rest of the day to myself. Because to write all day, every day, which I've done, is great too. But it also feels like you're missing out on why you came. You're just a channel. Instead of a, a, you know, having a human experience as a channel. When I see, this is what happens when I see, and I, I've been there, when I see some of my clients or other spiritual people that I talk to, like, in the workaholic mode, I'm like, I get it, it's, it's intoxicating to be in flow like that. But you didn't come here for that. Not specifically. Wow, you're getting a lot of me on this one, huh? You better be dedicated listeners at this point. Hearing me blow my nose and... Cuss and all that good stuff. Be human. How dare you be human, Larry? You gotta edit that out. No. It's what makes part of the tapestry. Warts and all. So you get more time because you interpret time differently when you're in the zone. When you're creating from that space of highest excitement, of heart's calling, you get more time because you're in the zone and because you want to delegate to only do that. You want to let go of the stuff that doesn't make you feel that way. So that you're only focused on that. And when you're only focused on that, you seem to have an abundance of time if you've let go of the future, too. And just feel like, this is what's here in front of me. I'm writing, creating. That's all that matters. What's here in front of me? So you get more time that way, too, because you don't, Get so hung up on what's going to happen. 
and get something up on the future. On attachment to things. The other way that you get more time is as we've said. You have all your basic needs met. And do understand this, even though I've said it a thousand different ways. Here's a thousand and one. All your basic needs will always be met when you're following your highest excitement. They'll always be met anyway, but since it is a basic need, you can't say all. What I mean is, if you're not following your highest excitement, your seventh basic need isn't being met. That's kind of on you, though. That one and the connection one are kind of on you. Source provides all the air and water and food. It's kind of like sleep. It's kind of on you to sleep, even though your body will shut down. Whether you want it to or not. Source always provides the shelter, the environment, Mother Earth, right? This is how you gain more time. For all those people who don't think they have enough time, when you follow your highest excitement, when you follow your heart's calling, when you go down the path of mastery of that heart's calling, whatever it may be, you always just find more time for everything. You're not in a hurry anymore. You're not trying to get somewhere. You're just in the zone, in the flow, in the now. Creating. creating being hearing interpreting messages interpreting your heart feeling all the feels and you live longer Your body doesn't need to shut down. It doesn't need to leave because inherently when you follow your highest excitement and you see the magic show up when you do it, you feel the unconditional love of Source. You feel that Source has your back. And so you're not in a hurry to go home. in a hurry to go talk to Source because you're already doing it. It sounds counterproductive, but following your heart will give you more time. What's so fascinating is how backwards everybody has it. No, once I get the money, then I'll have more time because I won't have to do things I don't want to do. Stop doing what you don't want to do. Follow your highest excitement, follow your heart, and the money will show up because that's what it's there to do. Money's highest purpose is to get you to your highest purpose. You could say the same thing of air. Air's highest purpose is to get you to your highest purpose because it fills your lung. It's the wind within your sails. It keeps you here in the game. 
Same with water, same with food, same with Mother Earth, the environment. Mother Earth's highest purpose is to get you to your highest purpose. It provides the space for you to do that. So then the only thing left for you to do is to follow your highest purpose. And everything else will be provided for. That's the dance. It will, Source will bring you everything you need. Not necessarily everything you want, but everything you need. wrap it up with one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite people Byron Katie who says the definition of insanity is thinking you need something you don't have by not having it you're proving that you don't need it you will always have your needs met all of them when you're following your highest excitement. And if you don't, you will die. But only 100% of the time. You want to find the Holy Grail? You want to live forever or a couple hundred years? Don't look to health. Look to get your basic needs met. And then undo the brainwashing that says conditional love is the way of the world. Let unconditional love fill the grail that is your body. We talk about the Holy Grail, the cup of Christ, as if the cup itself was what would keep someone alive. It's not the cup. The cup is the body. The the body of Christ would have stayed alive forever if he had chosen not to be martyred. Your body is the cup. And what fills it is unconditional love. And so therefore, you come to the understanding that whether you're evolving on this side or that side doesn't really matter. You're always evolving. So how long you stay is up to you if you're filling your cup with unconditional love all of the time and all of your basic needs are met. There's no reason to go home unless you want to. I hope something I've said here has helped you today. That following your highest excitement gives you more time even though it may not seem to. It will. It will. We are different ducks on the same pond, different mountains in the same range, different shoppers at the same Walmart, or Whole Foods, whatever you want. My unconditional love to you. Be well. Go get that highest excitement today. Just do one thing that excites you today. It makes you reminded of that you're loved by God. Good journey, my friends.